You're listening to Deep Dive with Ayodele Adio, an in-depth conversation with interesting individuals who are making a difference in politics, entertainment, sports, and society. For joining us on Deep Dive today, it's a pleasure to have you on. The pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everyone calls you Corex fans. Um, you know, well wishers, people who follow um, your stories and you know your work on on social media. But uh, what is your real name? And tell us a bit about um, your background, your story, where you're coming from. Um, and how much hurdles you've had to climb to get to where you are today? Um, okay, uh, my <laughs> now I'm like thinking about my full name. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Akuridi Ajayi Ogenetega. Mm. I'm from Washington State, although I don't really claim to be from Washington State because I don't know anything about Washington State. If I'm being honest, I've spent most of my life in Lagos, so mm. I consider myself more of a Lagos person. But my dad is a mushroom, my mom is Delta, so hence the Tega. Yeah. So that's my name. Um, I consider myself a creative, um, not just an actor or a content creator, a creative in general. I've always had the eyes for creativity. I can remember being a kid, anything that has the word ART, arts in it, you you've sold me already so it's always been that for me I, I i always knew that i wanted to do something in the creative space as a kid i enjoyed making people i enjoyed making people laugh although i never i never thought of it like oh, it was a skill or anything it was just me being myself um i did a bunch of church dramas and people tend to oh this guy's good this guy's good so and i also i enjoyed cartoons i i, I used to draw i still draw just that of recent I've not really had the chance because of work yeah I do that and um, I started I started acting I started acting that that was um, going to school to study arts I mean I at a point in my life <laughs> like in secondary school I contemplated okay let's go and do what would make money and at that time it was sciences i mean the the cliche science yeah. or commercial you understand going to something like that to be comfortable but i always knew that this wasn't for me i tried sciences because i I'm, I'm curious about what makes things tick so i tried sciences but my second week in physics class i'm like nah <laughs> <laughs> this is not for so me. you you went on to study art in, in in university yes i did and um what was your experience like um, studying arts in, in university. I, I, you know, most of our universities in Nigeria um, usually um, emphasize on the theory, yeah. and, you know, and, and less of the practical. But what was your experience like studying arts in university and how did that shape your skill and prepare you for um, the incredible work that you have gone on to do today? Thank you very much. Uh, you say incredible work. I guess it does work. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Studying arts in Nigeria, I feel that that should be like someone's thesis, studying arts in Nigeria, going to study theater arts, I'm a theater arts graduate actually, so I've always wanted to do art, either maybe drawing or something, and I told my dad that I wanted to go to like um, art school pure art school not like a university just an art school He's like no you have to get a degree I said okay and my parents have always been very supportive of my talent and everything so okay go and do theater arts i wanted to do major or uh, majorly acting 
but they said go and do theater art so i realized that okay theater wasn't just acting it was everything the whole, the whole shebang um acting dancing writing singing so uh, i went to redeemers university and <laughs> redeemers university is it's a, it's a funny school <laughs> if i'm being honest <laughs> it's a funny school because it is part of the world where you 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 call yourself a creative or you want to express yourself artist expression yeah and religious organizations don't really give that freedom for expression expression. you understand so i find myself i I found myself in a space where um i'm a creative i want to study art but i'm not given the freedom to explore and express the way i would really want to i still have to do it within the confines of a certain religious group yeah which is why i asked you what your experience was like in school because i knew that you finished from redeemers university and i also wanted to ask you was there some sort of conflict while you were on campus between, (laughs) you know, what you thought art should be and what um, the environment um, the environment you found yourself and the people who created that environment, did you, was there a constant clash or conflict um, of your worldview of what art should be? Uh, There there, there was always a constant conflict and clash between (laughs) the school and the theatre. The school and the theatre. Because the school represents oh, we are Christian and we are this, we are epitomes of what is moral and what's right. And before their eyes, when you when you when you talk about art, your art should be restricted to some certain things. Mm. You want to do art that expresses how you feel, and you want to reveal truth with your art. But the Christendom tells you that, um, or the school, let me say Christendom, the school tells you that uh, there's a limit to how you can express truth if it is tagged as immoral. You can't express that side like that. So, for example, you want to you want to um, express you, you want to show that okay, this person's a prostitute, and you want people to get the message. But mm, rather than calling her a prostitute or portraying her as a prostitute, let let's let's say that in the dialogue and let's not show. You understand? And theater, be rather than just I, I mean for acting, it's see. Yeah, not, show and not yes, tell. Yes, show and show not tell. People want to see and they want to connect. So we always had that thing, and also um, in the manner of uh, when it comes to like dressing, I mean, creative people like to express themselves in their dressing. Yeah. So we had clashes where they're like, "Oh, you have to look corporate every time. You have to dress with your suit, your tie, your shoe." And we, we found that. Very, and it's, very in, hard. it's interesting that you say this, and and it brings me to to the question I've always wanted to ask. Um, people in the creative space, yeah. particularly people around religious institutions, mm-hmm. um, because you would agree that um, the the what you call filmmaking yeah. and production yeah. um, around religious circles, not just in Nigeria, in Africa, and possibly the world over, mm-hmm. really has not been able to take off in mm-hmm. the way that secular production has has taken off. Would you? argue that it's because of that restrictions the inability to express characters for what they truly are yes and, and i give you a typical example i saw a few pastors on social media uh-huh. critique um, the new movie that just came out with schoolgirl that um uh what's, what's the, the this new movie that um uh was produced by moabudu's company uh man of god no, no, no. Sister. Two sisters. Blood sisters. Blood sisters. Okay, Blood okay, sisters. Blood Thank sisters. you. Uh, and people criticized, I saw a few pastors criticizing 
um, you know, the scenes and they thought it was a bit too revealing. And the argument was, how do you show um, what had happened in the scene without projecting it? And do you think that is that is why um, um, religious productions have not really taken off because there's too much restrictions on what they can show and there's a lot of emphasis on telling rather than showing what characters truly portray? Um, in, in my own opinion, honestly, I'm, I, I'm for if you want to tell truth, tell it as it is. Do not try and shroud or try and um, uh, hide the truth or say, okay, this is what I'm trying to say, but um, let's not say it like this. The, 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 the medium, filmmaking, the filmmaking medium, like we've said earlier, it's a showing medium, okay? And if you want to show, show, let people see that, okay, this is the repercussion for this. This is the action that happens here. Now, the limit to which um, the uh, exposures are revealed, or the limit to which we have all this revealed in film, is also subjected to the director's creative, um, his, his own creative style. I, I was having a conversation with a friend, and this person said, do you know that in, in the arts, nudity is a form of expression? And you're like, now you say this in the religious gathering, in a religious gathering, and they're like, that is unacceptable, that is so immoral. But if you think of it beyond oh your own sexual preference, or you think you think of beyond sex, you think of it beyond sex, you 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 begin to appreciate the differences, you begin to appreciate the, what it is really more than what you think, what you connote in your head that okay, this is what I'm seeing, this is a naked woman a naked woman equals sex that that is what you see in your mind but it's more than that i saw this series um game of thrones is very very popular and there was this scene where um what's her name again the the, the wicked one who was joffrey's but i've seen game of thrones yeah but quite a long time i think i saw um, this, I, um, I can't remember. episode uh, i only remember the dwarf the queen <laughs> is this cersei i think it, it was cersei lanisa so the queen she 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 she's been hated throughout the series. So there was one there was one scene where she was made to walk naked on the street. And people call shame, 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 shame. And that scene, she was naked, she was walking. And from people and I had conversation with people about it. And no one actually said that, oh no, no, all I was focused on was this woman's nudity. It was like, oh my god, what was she going through? Like her mind space. Oh my god. It felt very touching. I felt very sad for her. So it, it showed that. That scene, that that scene, it transcended beyond what we were seeing. We felt empathy towards what she was going through because they showed her pain like that. So, um, back to your question, I feel like what the, the reason why uh, most uh, religious movies or spiritual movies miss the point is because they always try to paint the world as not as it is. The world is not black and white. They are, they are different gray areas, but they want to, they want to portray that oh, my people don't kiss. Who see it in circular movies? They can really relate to it. That okay, I can see myself in this person. I can this oh, I can relate to what this action that this guy this guy does. For example, someone is a, is a junkie. He smokes weed and everything. Of course, in the movie when you, when you're shooting, it's not they don't they don't provide you weed. They don't provide you cocaine. Yeah, they use yeah. vitamins and other substitutes. Yeah. But but they show it. They show you how those things happen. So when you can see it and you you recognize someone who has done that before, or you you've been someone who's done that before, you can see someone telling your story. 
there you can you, you, you can see okay this person's journey through your own experiences and the person's life but when you try and hide that this in dialogue that oh he's a drug addict he's a he uses cocaine yeah yeah i mean i, I get your point about the nudity because i've always heard the argument about you know certain actresses i um followed um, a particular actress who walked out of set um, and she was angry because she said the director did not tell her um, that a part of her body would be revealed in a particular scene. And the director said, I've shown you a script. Mm-hmm. And in that script, um, the queen or whatever was going to be seducing the king. Yeah. How do you think that she was going to be seducing a king in a complete attire? You had to show. Uh, that you were seducing the king at night wearing something a bit um, revealing, uh, uh, revealing. Yeah. and then she, she was really angry and she thought uh, it was devaluing her and I mean I don't know if you've experienced that um, on set is it our cultural leaning or is it so much of our religious upbringing that makes it look like when we translate or interpret setting scripts to yeah. reveal a part of our bodies mm-hmm. um, we're actually devaluing ourselves or going against our religious beliefs. Mm. Now, this is very, very subjective. Uh, I feel every actor knows what works for them. So you shouldn't. You're not. You shouldn't subject yourself to something you're not comfortable with. Acting one on one is first of all. You have to be comfortable on set. If not, the camera would pick it. If if you're nervous, if you're scared, or if you're uncomfortable, the camera would pick it. So you have to be comfortable on set. These are things that you should be able to discuss, have conversations like this with your director and say, okay, how far are you willing to push me for this role? And the director asks you, how far are you willing to go as an actor for this? Um, I also um, believe that the actor is a tool. You're, you are a tool. When you are in a scene, in a project, you are, you're there to, to serve. You're serving the story. And if... The director says okay what i believe would serve this story is if this is revealed in this particular scene because the director is the alpha and omega of the set you as the actor being the tool should be able to work with the director that is if it falls within your own personal beliefs so the the, the, the room for discussion and dialogue is very very important between the actor and the director now um for us in this part of the world we we, 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 <laughs> I, I want to be honest, okay? I want to be very, very honest on yeah. this podcast. I, I really feel we're, we're very hypocritical. Uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're very hypocritical. I mean, we, we all, we, 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 we feign or we pretend that, oh, we, we have high moral standing and we we always, no, 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 this is bad. We don't, we don't want to see our women naked and everything. We don't do that. But it <laughs> it's, it's a matter of, the people tell you what is acceptable and what is not acceptable according to how your pocket size. That's 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 one thing. Because some people who are making big bucks, they are making money. They can dress any they can dress any how they want, and you can't tell them anything because hey, you don't feed me, so your morals don't apply to me. Because if you talk too much, I use my money to slap your face, and everybody would support me because I have the money. So when it comes to things like nudity, I I, I really feel like in this part of the world. It's, it's just you and your craft. It's just you and your craft. If your religious belief doesn't support that, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, don't do it because, not because people say this or because society says this. It's for you. Hmm. Beyond society, beyond what other people say, 
what do you say what sits well yeah, with you I, I like the fact that you believe that an actor should have his or her own guiding light of course, basically of course, in terms of, of um, picking scripts so the, let's talk about how you got into acting when you left school i know that you tried um to break into the movie industry and um uh for some reason you um did not become a superstar in the, in the movie industry as fast as you would like. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to tell me about um, the challenges that you faced in breaking into that particular industry. Is it such that it's so highly competitive um, that it was difficult to break through? Yeah. Or um, the industry wasn't ready for the kind of craft or the kind of roles that you were willing or able to play at the particular time? Mm, I'll start from the last one. I would say, first of all, the, the, the industry is not still ready for what I'm offering. They are, they are warming up, I would say that. What I have, and someone might say, oh, it's arrogant of me to say this, what I have is bigger than what Nigerian industry, movie industry is actually doing right now. Um, I, I would say one thing I did not understand when I started was strategy. I did not understand strategy. I was coming from a point of, I'm passionate about this. I love this. I can do this. Can't you see the passion in me? So I would go for auditions, back-to-back auditions. Go, 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 go. And <laughs> it was it was a moment where, you know, that, that thing where your parents are like, oh my God, this boy, would you go and do what everybody else is doing? I mean, get a nine-to-five. You get a job, you understand? So just do something to put food on the table. And... I, I do not I did not want to do something that would make me feel like I am ignoring my essence, who I am as an actor. So I kept pushing, I kept pushing, go for auditions here, some you get callbacks, some you 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 get you get callbacks actually. So they call you to set and you realize okay you're playing a very, very minor or a major role or you're just an extra. I did all of that back then and I would say I needed to do that to understand understand how the industry worked i mean i you, you go on set you go on set you are an extra they, they keep you there in nigeria they keep you there from morning till night they don't feed you at the end of the day they pay you something very very mega and you're like oh my god what is this but the excitement of okay i, I still get to be on this job is a job that you might not even see us. They may not even show your, your scene <laughs> in it. You understand? Yeah. But one thing, I, I, I started doing a lot of reading and I started trying to focus on me. Okay, building myself as a person, first of all. Building myself, my, my character. I started doing a lot of that. And I said, okay, let's, let's reframe and let's change perspective. I started going for auditions now not for, not to get the role, but to meet people. I realized that life is, I began to realize that life is a game of people. And not really a game of okay what you can do per se at first who do you know who knows you so I started meeting people I go to auditions I met I meet connect I meet people we, we, we link up we connect we talk and everything bam 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 that's why I was using to get other jobs other not really big jobs per se because it was really hard to break through to those at the, at the top it's still people on my level we started doing all that but like I said strategy then social media came boom coronavirus hit and it was like okay this was an opportunity yeah because I, I, I want to even talk to you about that particular pivot to social media yeah. um and to 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 skip making basically and how you made that pivot before we talk about that i just wanted to ask you is it the case that every actor or every creative at yeah. some point is confronted 
um, with that very difficult choice mm-hmm. of picking a nine to five job to survive or pursuing um, your craft and your inner essence, like you call it. Mm-hmm. But when you're confronted with that choice, what is that thing that helps you make the decision to say, I will survive without the nine to five job, I pursue my craft and you know, burn the bridges behind me. How do you make that decision um, to ignore the nine to five and pursue that dream of yours? What is that thing that you rely on or most creatives rely on? Because it's a risky business. Yes. Um, yes, you can risky. fall off the ladder and your life is gone at 45. You can't go back to pick up a nine to five job. So mm-hmm. how do you guide yourself in that very difficult moment when you have to choose between survival and pursuing your essence? Uh, it's very risky. It is very risky, but I would say for me, I, I can't speak to because everyone has different experiences, and some people have it better, some people have it worse. I would say for me, I held on to hope, and I I believed in what I had in me. I believed in what I had in me, and I was looking for more more than more than money. Although more, I I needed money so bad, and I still do need money. Okay, those, 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 I don't want it to sound like I don't need money. I still need money, but I I I, I sought fulfillment. So I'm searching fulfillment. I worked. I worked um, at a company. Uh, I, I worked as a receptionist. I also did like an office guy who runs errands and everything. And I tried to okay. I tried to sit in and feel okay. I might this might be a thing. I might work this nine to five for a while. But it it did not feel right to me. I tried it. I tried it. Then I went into. I, I got the chance to intern at a production company. Uh, where I was a runner on set and I was also a personal assistant to my boss, um, Jadio Shiberu. I love, I love her so much. So I got to see how filmmaking was, but I wasn't still satisfied watching other actors do what I can, what I could do. But I knew that I was there to serve. I knew that I was there to serve. So that that period of okay, whether you get a nine to five job or you keep pushing, it's very, very, it's it's a, it's a risky business, like I said. But it's the hope and the faith in what you know you have that will keep keep pushing you, that will keep pushing you. And it's like, okay. Some people call it the curse of the creative. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, it, but, just, it just keeps pushing. Yeah, but, but, but like I keep saying, I'll say this again, but I, I, I did not understand strategy. When I be, began to understand strategy, planning I, and goal setting, I understood that, okay, much more than just wishful thinking. Okay, you want this to work, Abby. What steps are you taking to make it work because if not you still stay in that i'm good at this nobody is seeing me nobody is seeing me how are you making your plans to be seen where are you what environment are you making yourself available to who are you making yourself available to who are you serving under yeah um a lot lot of creatives you want you you want to be the star from the moment you are seen it's never like that it's never like that. And I had to realize that too. That in order for me to not go for a 9 to 5 and not just sit at home waiting for someone to say, oh, I think you guys, you're a good actor. I needed to be in a space where it was a creative space where I could serve other creatives and I could make sure I was seen. I'm there. I'm not doing what I want. I'm not acting, but I'm in the space. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. So COVID came 
and there was this huge pivot, um, a number of um, actors who hadn't made it in the traditional movie industry mm-hmm. were beginning to make name for themselves on, on social media. And there's this huge explosion, the Taumas, um, uh, uh, um, Mr. Macronis, the Sabinus, you. They had this huge flood into social media, creating content and um, attracting eyeballs and attention into that space. Um, tell me how you made your way into that particular um, space uh, of skit making mm. and featuring on skits uh, on social media and how rewarding it has been for you over time. Um, uh, how I started, I'll start with that. Um, my friend, Mr. Macaroni, we've been friends since university. So we, we started this theater called the macaroni theater troupe so we used to go and do plays in in schools universities so it's like i mean we saw the theater let's not waste this um certificate but we we realized that times are changing times are changing times are changing um we're passionate actors we go for auditions we go for auditions people don't see us and then we see people like um the when chris clown started we see people who we didn't tag them as professional or trained actors but they were getting the attention they were getting the likes, they were getting the endorsements, they were getting everything. We're like, ah, how? And if, I, if I'm being honest, you get to that point where you are, you're envious or you're angry that why is, it, is life is so unfair? I'm here, I'm trained, I want to do these things, and I'm not getting movie roles. But people who are just doing short, short content on social media are just getting all the buzz and everything. So, out of that depression, my friend started, my macro, we first had uh, something called Mr. Macaroni and Casali. I was Casali, he was a macaroni, and we started on YouTube, just trying to break out of our, we are act, professional actors kind of thing, it was hard, so we tried to break out of that, we, we started it small, 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 it didn't really fly, so we said, you know what, I, I, I was like, this is not really for me, I'm a professional actor, give me a script, let me study, let me, let me prepare for this role, I will kill it, that kind of thing, and he kept pushing, he kept pushing, he's like, correct, 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 so let's do this thing, so once in a while we used to do it, but I wasn't that serious with it, so after he like blew up during the COVID time, then he called me, we had the, discuss- the discussion, and it's like, you know you can do these things, like you can everything they are doing there's really nothing that's different and all you need to do is just you need to express yourself you need to express yourself so i said okay let me give you a try it it took me a while to accept the fact that i've been doing content because i've been a lot of some of these things in my house just for myself yeah i've been doing these things before but just to accept that name that okay content creator or skit maker i don't really call myself a skit maker i'm a creative I, I, that's that's what I like to I like to um, call myself. So to to accept that it was really hard for me. But understanding the game, understanding that okay, this was something that puts you out there, gets you to a place of value where you're valued by these people who make movies. Because right, let let's be honest. Now you see a lot of content creators in movies because people know that okay, these guys are beyond just your face. Well, beyond just that you can act if you are you can act that's good for us but also you have a fan base you have some you have some extra value that you bring to us i understood that i understood that okay this was a strategy to enter the movie industry so i'm like okay let's do this let's do this um it's it's been fun and when you say rewarding <laughs> i'll tell you that if i'm being honest in nigeria right now especially like being a young creative or young growing actor i've i've gotten more from doing content and collaborating with content creators than I have ever gotten from films before, if, I, if I'm being very, very honest. So, rewarding, yes, because <laughs> content creators make good legal money. 
good legal money that someone someone else would say okay it's like blood money and let me let, let me just give a bit of this detail i mean you're a content creator you a brand approaches you that i want you to do this ad for my brand like, okay you pay this certain amount for this that's good the content itself you put it on your youtube you make money from youtube you put it on your facebook you make money from facebook so you're using one content to kill like to make three yeah, yeah. three income sources and you're like wow this is way better than a nine-to-five and I'm just doing what I love to do but the thing is that it's a game of consistency people it's hectic people people just see things that oh you're a content creator it must you must really be easy no sometimes we're shooting we're shooting back to back back to back because we want to just stay consistent you yeah. want to stay consistent yeah, but, but do you think that you're going to you're, you're able as digital content creators now to mm-hmm. disrupt the entire film industry do you do you have a stage we get to a point um because let's be honest um many of you make as much if not even more money than than people who take on traditional roles in yes, the movie yes, industry. Yeah. so um do you think it gets to a point where you're going to completely disrupt the movie industry such that people just want to watch things for five, ten minutes. And I and I tell you a little secret. I always watch your skits um, first thing in the morning when I'm in the toilet. <laughs> Thank you. It's on my phone. And I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching Macroni. I'm watching Sabinus. Um, it, you know, five five minutes is quick. It's fast. I can yeah. get through with it. And, yeah. But do you think you're able to disrupt the entire movie industry? Um, you, you know, through your digital production or your content creation in such a way that the dollars will start going into um, digital content creation and away from what we call traditional filmmaking? Um, I feel filmmaking has its own crowd. Uh, and I, 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 believe, I, I believe that film is film, whatever, regardless of whatever anybody does or everybody says, it's film. I mean, film is big. But in this day and age, with people's attention spans going shrinking, 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 excuse me, (coughs) sorry, Um, content creation gives you something that is fast, something that is entertaining, and something that, if I I dare say myself, that is distracting Mm. from your reality that is not really, sometimes it's not always palatable, sorry. (coughs) Sorry. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. Water. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So, um, content creation right now, people, like, not right now, to watch a movie, you know that I'm giving two hours max to say I want to settle down and enjoy this movie and soak in whatever the movie has to offer me. But you're watching content and you... Um, depending on the, the person you're watching, you're expecting something already. He's like, okay, let me watch a macaroni. He would give me this feeling. Or let me go and check a brain jotter if I feel like laughing like this. Let me go and check out this person if I feel like um, feeling like this. So content creation gives you like vari- variety in a very, very short time. So to disrupt the industry, I would say, I would say yes. I would say yes. Content creation would disrupt the industry. I mean, look at how just with covid how a lot of um video showing platforms like uh, netflix and um disney blogs they took off they took off because the traditional let's go to cinema to see movies they didn't wasn't able and people realized that 
it's easier to sit down in the comfort of your house on your phone and watch a full movie on Netflix or Disney Plus or something like that. So content creation is giving you comfort at a very, very affordable price. Interesting. Um, let me just quickly talk about um, the challenge that content creators like you face, okay. which is um, the scrutiny that your ad gets um, in the public domain. Um, sometimes, especially people like you who make um, funny skits, uh, people criticize you sometimes for objectifying women, okay. um, for projecting maybe lawyers in a bad light, uh, for projecting maybe nurses in a bad light. Uh, how do you deal with those criticisms? And, and do you believe that um, art should not really fall under the scrutiny in terms of hurting people's feelings and emotions? People just have to get on uh, uh, the train with it, its creative, it, its art, and not get emotionally attached um, if their gender or their religion or their culture is being projected in a way that is funny in a skit um, or a production. What, what do you say to that? Um, I think, first of all, we need to ask ourselves what is content? But today, content is anything. Um, you see, it, I, sometimes I watch some people do some certain things and to me I'm like this is this is wrong this feels wrong this is this is it's unnecessary are you just looking for clout are you just looking for attention it, it does it doesn't to me it, it doesn't make sense some people's content but um you, you check it you see it gets views it gets comments it gets engagements and that's the game right now. It's a game of views, comments, engagements. Oh, brands want this for their products. So whatever it is you want to do, you do it for that. I'm not of the school of thought that anything goes. I am not of that school of thought. I'm of the school of thought that your content should entertain, first of all. It should entertain. But also, it should not make light of people's um, realities. It should not make light of what people are going through. There are some things that are very sensitive and being a content creator, you have to be smart. You, you have to be smart. You have to be emotionally aware of the um, social climate, things like that. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't see, okay, you, you can't see that, okay, there's a war happening in this country and you are trying to create content to mock it. If your content cannot do something good for it, then don't do content about it. I'm, I'm really of that school of thought. I'm not here to tell anyone how to do their content. Everyone is is is, is, is art. Art. That, that's one thing about art. People have different ways to express themselves, and you can't really say this is right or this is wrong. You can't really say that. Yeah. But you ask yourself, what what do you feel this would do in the life of someone else? Um, when it comes to things like objectifying women, it's a very, it's a very very touchy subject for me because I, I like going head to head with feminists. <laughs> I like, I like having conversations like that with them to, yeah. to show them that, see, it's not a matter of man or woman, it's a matter of people, okay? Forget the genders, but that's that about that. When it comes to issues of objectifying women or, or okay, you're saying, you're, you're trying to make, make it seem like, oh, making money, you have to use jazz to make money. How people do that, slapstick, something for quick smash and grab, smash and grab, stuff like that. I, I, I feel like the most important thing is what are you trying to say with it what are you trying to say with it your content okay you're talking about a girl that has a big backside or a big this thing fine 
but what is the end result is it that oh that big backside put you in trouble or that big backside made you lose money or that big backside makes you make someone unhappy are you trying to send that message or you just want to you just want to venerate big backside what are you trying to say with it i'm really 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 key on that so when i see people criticize and when people say oh your content is is, is trying to do this to this trying to do that them this about this or that subject it's, it's always a question of what's your own take from it yeah yeah um what does the future hold for you corex um um what plans do you have to um you know scale your craft um take it around the world are you because i know you did a lot of stage plays are you going to do a stage production sometime um are you going to make a movie what do you have lined up um the next couple of years um that question and people say um what do you plan in the next five years so it's a question of i plan to just live every day i take every day one step at a time i i have aspirations definitely i have dreams but in life <laughs> where i am right now is not where i envision myself to be yeah i'm not where i want to be but i know i'm not where i was and i'm not where i thought i would be because where, where i'm at right now i'm at a place where i'm grateful and i'm happy with what i am doing so when you say okay what's next for me to keep doing what i'm doing to improve to grow growth is something i'm really particular about i don't want I, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not a producer i don't i don't see myself as someone who wants to make movies i want to act i want to tell people stories and one way i feel like i can really serve people's stories justice is by acting um i'm a i'm a chef i, I cook I want to do that. I want to upscale my business in that aspect. Um, I'm a creative. I draw. I write for people. I act. I want to do all of these things. But most importantly, I'm not. I'm not particular about. Oh, I have achieved this. I've achieved that. I've achieved it. I want to be a better human being. I just want to be a better human being to people. I want to serve people. That is. That is one thing I'm geared towards, and that's what. And that's what. That's what I'm working towards. I mean, there's no better way to draw the curtain of this on this wonderful conversation. Thank you very much. Just want to bless people and be a better human being. Yes. Corex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Uh, it was a great conversation with you today. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, and I wish you all the best in your future Thank you endeavors. so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Deep Dive. Deep Dive is an Avalon Radio production produced by John Olatunji. You can find other episodes of the podcast at Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also follow us on social media on at the Avalon Radio.